Hello, I'm R.A. Spratt. I write and perform this podcast. If you'd like to support the show, I'm a children's author, so you can buy a book by me, or you can buy me a coffee by going to buymeacoffee.com slash stories R.A. Spratt. It's an easy way to make a small thank you gift to the show so I can keep kicking this can down the road. The podcast directory you're using right now should have a link to my Buy Me A Coffee page in the show notes, or you can type it into your browser. That's buymeacoffee.com slash stories R.A. Spratt. All contributions are gratefully appreciated. Hello and welcome to Bedtime Stories with me, R.A. Spratt. Well, before we get into today's story, I've got a couple of things to talk about. First of all, this is episode 99 of the podcast, which is pretty exciting because next week will be the 100th episode. And I know some people get excited by that number. I'm not sure why. Maybe it's because of the circles or the, the one. But anyway, it's a century next week. So um, it's pretty, it is a pretty big deal when you think about it because there's been a lot going on the last couple of years. And the fact that I've managed to pull off doing 99 consecutive weeks of stories is an achievement. So next week, I will do something to mark the occasion. I'm not sure what. I'll probably just tell you a story. The other thing I wanted to mention is today I'm going to do a Friday Barnes story from the ninth book in the series because it's only a couple of weeks until the 10th book comes out and goes on sale. So that's going to happen on the 1st of February, 2022. So I thought I would get you back in the Friday Barnes mood so that on the 1st of February, you all rush out and buy my new book or rush to your electronic device and download my new book. Either way, that's what would be good. So today I'm going to read to you chapter 11 from book nine, and the chapter is called Trouble at the Convent. Here we go. It was the hour of silence at Santa Anna. Friday and Melanie were sitting on the floor of their room doing a jigsaw puzzle of Botticelli's Birth of Venus. They had spent the day at the Uffizi Museum. It had been more fun than Friday expected. She had looked forward to seeing Leonardo da Vinci's paintings, but she found herself unexpectedly enchanted by the prettiness of Botticelli's work. Prison must have made her soft. She liked the pretty flowers. Anyway, it was nice to be back in the quiet of the convent, away from the crowds of the tourists, away from Uncle Bernie's worries, and silently working on a puzzle. A shaft of sunlight from the window bathed the room. Friday was very relaxed and comfortable and warm. They had just about finished putting together Venus's billowing hair when they heard the sound of running footsteps out in the corridor. Barnes! Barnes! It was Parker, calling out to her as he ran, his voice echoing off the stone walls. The last thing Friday wanted was to have to deal with Parker and whatever ridiculous mess he'd gotten himself into this time. She wondered, if she sat very still, whether Parker would simply go away. She heard Parker slide to a halt outside and pound on the door. Barnes, are you in there? Yes, she is, Melanie responded absentmindedly as she pieced together a nymph's gown. Oh, that's a relief, said Parker. If you're decent, Barnes, I need you to help right away. And if you're not decent, could you put some clothes on, then help right away? Friday sighed, got up and went to the door. She flung it open and glared at Parker. Parker recoiled. It was an impressive glare from someone so short. What's wrong? asked Parker. Friday held up her wrist, pointing her watch face towards Parker and tapped it. Sorry, Barnes, I don't follow, said Parker. I don't know any sign language. Friday closed her eyes and took a deep, calming breath. Parker could try the patience of a saint, and she wasn't a saint, so she had to resort to deep breathing exercises. It is the hour of silence, she whispered. 
The convent had an hour of silence every day. Oh, said Parker. No, you can forget about that. All the nuns have. Some of them are yelling, in fact. There's trouble down in the gelato laboratory. You'd better come quickly. Friday and Melanie were soon hurrying with Parker through the cloisters. Obviously, she'd always help a nun in trouble. But a nun in trouble in a gelato shop? Things didn't get more serious than that. Friday could hear the yelling from the far side of the courtyard. She was pretty fluent in Italian, but the abuse had degenerated into local colloquialisms and Friday could not understand what was being yelled. She recognised Sister Maria's voice and the voice of Sister Angelica, the head gelato maker. She was clearly very angry and it sounded like she was speculating on the parentage of someone and whether or not they were related to the rear end of a farm animal. When Friday burst through the chapter house door into the gelato shop, it was quite a sight to behold. Sister Maria had a large middle-aged man in a headlock and he was desperately spinning around trying to get away from Sister Angelica as she chased him around with a huge ladle while yelling insults. What's she saying? asked Parker. How dare you, translated Friday. Then it gets hard to follow, but I think the gist of it is, how dare you sully the name of my gelato with your wicked lies, you pestilent something, something, something excuse for a man. Self-serving, greedy, gutter-minded excuse for a man, said Melanie. Wow, Pelly, said Parker, your Italian is seriously good. My Italian tutor used to get very upset with my brothers, she explained. He used a lot of vocabulary not commonly incorporated into Italian lessons. Sister Angelica was now trying to hit the man with a large copper pot. Friday decided it was time to step in. That's enough! Stop it, she said. She picked up a pot and banged it on the steel bench to get everyone's attention. Sister Angelica froze her ladle mid-air, while the poor man in the headlock strained to see who had spoken. Tell me your problem, said Friday. Let me sort it out for you. Oh, I thought you'd given up problem-solving, said Melanie. I can't let Sister Angelica go to jail for assault, said Friday. Oh, absolutely, agreed Parker. Anyone that good at making ice cream has a higher calling. You must help her. Gelato, you stupid boy, it is gelato, yelled Sister Angelica, now waving her ladle at Parker. Yes, ma'am, said Parker, cowering behind Melanie. Anything you say, ma'am, you have my total respect. I'm guessing this is Ezio Bolgia, said Friday. How do you know my name, asked the man. I have been told that Ezio Bolgia is a greedy, wicked man, said Friday. And since Sister Angelica is a deeply spiritual woman, the fact that she's trying to hit you using a kitchen utensil leads me to deduce that she regards you to be wicked. So what's going on here? Ezio, sensing the diminutive teenager was his best chance of getting out of this situation without being knocked unconscious, spoke up. I have evidence. I have proof. Beating me will not hide the truth. He waved a folded sheet of paper in his hand. Sister Angelica lunged to grab it, but he snatched it away. Sister Maria tightened her headlock. Ow! complained the man. Friday stepped forward and plucked the document out of his hand. Hey! said the man. What is it? said Melanie, reading over Friday's shoulder. It was all in Italian, which Melanie could read, but most of it was numbers and scientific terminology. It's a report from a forensic laboratory, said Friday. Another laboratory? said Parker. A scientific laboratory where they test substances for their chemical constituents, said Friday. Oh, said Parker, clearly disappointed. I prefer the gelato kind of laboratory. Well, it's all gobbledygook to me, said Melanie, as she scanned the table of numbers and chemical symbols. These are the results from testing the chemical makeup of a sample of gelato al lapone, or as we call it in English, raspberry gelato, said Friday. The fat content is 9%, sugar 7%, Fruit, 23%. Egg, milk. And it's all as it should be, except... What's this? 
There's an additive. E-103. There, accused Ezio, wagging his finger at Sister Angelica. Your image is so holy. You claim your gelato is so pure, but it's not so. I found you out. What's E-103? asked Melanie. Is it a poison? asked Parker. Are they trying to kill us all? No, E-103 is a food colouring, said Friday. Red food colouring, to be precise. It's a natural chemical found in the root of the Alcana tinctoria plant. It's legal in America and Australia. The plant actually has medicinal and anti-inflammatory properties. But E-103 colouring is illegal in Europe. There are much higher purity standards here. You cheated, accused Ezio. Your gelato is a cheat. Oh, dare you, yelled Sister Angelica. There are no chemicals here. Search the laboratory. There are no chemicals. Okay, I believe you, said Friday. There is a way you can both be right. There is, said Parker. Does it involve two separate parallel universes colliding in a wormhole ripped through the space-time continuum? You've been watching science fiction movies again, haven't you, Parker? said Melanie. Yes, I thought it would help me understand science classes better, admitted Parker, but it's only made me more confused. If there is colouring in the finished gelato, but no colouring was added while it was made, said Friday, then it must have been added at an earlier stage. Tell me, she turned to Ezio, did you test any other of the flavours? Yes, I tested them all, said Ezio. All that were on sale last Tuesday. I have many nephews. I had them come in and buy the different ones. The only one I missed was the crema alla rancha, because my little nephew, Frederico, is a greedy boy, and he ate it all before I could get a sample. Greedy but smart, said Parker. That's a seriously good flavour. Okay, well, the crema alla rancha aside, said Friday, were there any additives found in any of the other gelato flavours? No, conceded Ezio. So there can't be anything wrong with your base gelato ingredients, said Friday. It must be something specific to the raspberries in the raspberry gelato. So someone's tampered with the berries, asked Melanie. Sister Maria gasped. Do you know whose sister? asked Friday. Giuseppe grows the raspberries, but he's a good man, said Sister Maria. He loves his fruit. It cannot be him. Here he comes now, said Sister Angelica. A beaten-up old truck had just pulled into the courtyard. He drove it over to the back of the shop. A young, dark-skinned man jumped out and picked up a tray of fruit from the open truck. Buongiorno, he called out as he entered. I have beautiful peaches for you today. His face fell as he took in the hostile glares. What's wrong? Sister Maria burst into tears. What breed of raspberries do you supply to this shop? asked Friday. Giuseppe looked nervous. I have different varieties depending on the season. They harvest at different times. Sister Angelica never sells gelato that's more than 48 hours old, said Friday. So what breed of raspberries did you supply to her last week? Do not accuse his raspberries. Giuseppe is the best, said Sister Angelica. His raspberries are the sweetest in Florence. They're beautiful with subtle flavour. That's why my raspberry gelato is unique and so much better than anywhere else. Puff, said Ezio. Be quiet, you, ordered Sister Angelica, waving her ladle again. Your raspberries are unusually sweet and more subtle. That's interesting, said Friday. So what breed are they? They're called raspberry, began Giuseppe. He blushed and glanced at Sister Maria. Raspberry Maria. What, said Sister Maria? It's a breed of raspberry I developed myself, said Giuseppe. He hung his head, embarrassed. I named it after you. You did, said Sister Maria. How romantic, marveled Melanie. Well done, Giuseppe. So few men are in touch with their emotions... But to be so sensitive and horticulturally capable is a rare blend indeed. Everyone knows the common breeds of raspberries, said Friday. They all have a bright red colour and a tart taste. But there are some sweeter, softer flavoured raspberries that are golden in colour. 
Is that what you used? Yes, I made a crossbreed with the golden harvest strain, confessed Giuseppe. It's the most beautiful flavor, but the fruit is a soft pink. I know no one wants this, so I experiment with the Alcana tinctoria plant to bring more red into the color. Oh, Giuseppe, no, said Sister Angelica. What have you done? But it's not a chemical, said Giuseppe. It's from a plant. Friday shook her head. People talk about chemicals as though they're a separate thing that are only found in powders or test tubes. But everything is made up of chemicals. All living things, all non-living things as well. We're all made up of combinations of chemicals. If you break us down into our tiniest components, even a human is just a combination of carbon, hydrogen, oxygen, nitrogen and trace elements. Oh, I've done wrong, said Giuseppe. Now you're finished, declared Ezio gleefully. You are done. No more reputation for you. I wouldn't go that far, said Friday, turning on the gelato rival. You might want to back up on your blackmail threats, or I'll be forced to blackmail you. What? demanded Ezio. If I walked straight to your gelato shop right now and had all your flavors tested, what would I find? asked Friday. Nothing. I have nothing to hide, said Ezio. Really? asked Friday. There are no chemicals there, said Ezio. Maybe there are no artificial chemical colorings in your gelato, said Friday. Although, given the unnaturally green color of your pistachio, I wouldn't bet on it. But this is Florence, and you aren't just trying to get European food labeling privileges here. You want to hold on to your prestigious Firenze Gelataria certificate. And to do that, you must meet the highest gelato standards. And there are other things you are not meant to have in your gelato, like excessive levels of hydrolyzed fat. I don't know what you're talking about, said Ezio. His jowls quivered with outrage. I have none of this hydro fat in my gelato. Ooh, he's lying, said Melanie. I know, said Friday, and I can prove it. It's impossible, said Ezio. It's not true. Is that so, said Friday. On the first night after we arrived, we walked past your shop on the Ponte Vecchio, and I noticed that your display cabinets are set to minus 18 degrees. Of course, said Ezio. It's the industry standard for gelato. Everyone has their cabinets set to this. That's true, said Sister Angelica. Yes, said Friday, but gelato without hydrolyzed fat has a much lower melting temperature. The frozen crystals decrystallize. That means if the display freezer where you store your gelato is set to minus 18 degrees, then the crystals in the gelato are tiny. The gelato is looser, smoother, sloppier, and it can't be heaped up like a sandcastle. All your gelato on display is heaped up in mounds. Therefore, it must have more than 10% hydrolyzed fat. The nuns gasped. You can't prove it, said Ezio. I can, with the help of, Friday read the header on the report in her hand, Laboratorio Avogadro. I won't let you have a sample, said Ezio. Parker, said Friday, you've spent every waking moment since we arrived in Florence trying different gelato shops, haven't you? Yes, it's been an honor and a privilege, said Parker. And you're a typical, messy, thoughtless teenage boy, aren't you, said Friday. Yes, I am, agreed Parker. Nanny always says so. So if I were to go to your room, said Friday, do you think I'd find a napkin or used gelato cup from Mr. Ezio's shop? Oh, definitely, said Parker. I've been there three times. He turned to assure Sister Angelica. The gelato is not as good as here at all. Sister Angelica nodded with proud satisfaction. Then why did you go there three times, asked Melanie. They have these big, heaped-up displays that look so good, explained Parker. You stupid boy, said Sister Angelica. It is not the look, it is the taste that matters. Oh, I know, said Parker. I've learned that now. This is why I came to Italy, to learn. 
Let's make a deal, said Friday, as she turned to Ezio. We won't dob you in for your flagrant use of hydrolyzed fat if you don't tell anyone that last week there was some gelato sold here that inadvertently contained a natural food colouring. And I will throw all the raspberry gelato out, said Sister Angelica. You could do that, said Friday, or you could sell it to a drug company to market as an anti-inflammatory product. You might end up making a lot more money than you realise. No one likes taking tablets. I'm sure lots of injured people will love to relieve their swelling with a bowl of gelato. Ezio struggled with his impulse to denounce the nuns, but eventually common sense won. Fine! He stormed out, slamming the door behind him. I understand if you no longer want to do business with me, Giuseppe said to Sister Angelica. Don't be ridiculous, said Sister Angelica. You may have made a stupid mistake. Men do these things. But you still grow the best taste in raspberries in Florence. You keep growing these for me, but don't make them red. Let them be gold. I will have the first golden raspberry gelato. It will be a sensation. And so the case was sold. That's it for now. Until next week and the 100th episode. Goodbye.